0: welcome to generation why am i like this i'm casey i'm liz and i'm alec and this is the podcast where we look back at some of our favorite pop culture moments from our childhoods this week (laughs) we're talking about twilight the book.
1: Yeah. He made us read the book. <laughs> we can't even watch the movie, y'all. Uh
0: so I have to say, like, so far every topic I've chosen I haven't regretted. Oh. And I thought this was gonna be more of a fun, like poking fun at myself as a kid for liking something like this. And instead I feel like I tortured myself for the last month reading this oh, book. No. Cause it's so boring i don't know yeah (laughs) so so i'm sorry y'all um
1: i think i'm just surprised at myself like i'm like liz how did you read this whole series
0: (laughs) oh my god same Ah. i this this is gonna be an episode we're gonna go through it all together we're gonna survive and it's gonna be delightful um (laughs) so with that knowledge of where i'm coming from now in my modern day Let's take a little travel back to high school, Casey. I was introduced to this book because a friend of mine was doing a book report for our senior English class and chose to do Twilight. And the way she did this book report is by making a short movie. And I was in that short movie as Edward.
1: (laughs) Oh, my Lord.
0: Um, I'm obsessed. (laughs) These are choices. (laughs) How can we get our hands on this video? We can't. <laughs> Are you just saying that? Yes, I am. I feel like it that is a... needs to
1: be on our Instagram.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I don't think it does. But it was—it was a silent film, and does we this friend through. listen to the podcast? I don't think so. Okay. So we won't do a shout out to Michelle.
1: <laughs> well, I was just going to say, Michelle, if you're listening, please post the video. <laughs> Little of God, it's a matter of
0: national security. Uh, we need this video. Right. But I was Edward. And it was all shot at her house or in her garage. Wait, this was a book report. Why were you guys just like reenacting the book? That's not the point of a book report. I Well, she was retelling the story of the book through it. And then what? I think she gave like a talk about it afterwards. Like okay. we had to like summarize the book. Okay. Because okay, I did okay. the six Harry Potter book for mine. Were you guys just trying to choose the longest books ever? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. Anyway, it was, it was a weird book report, time, especially like we're seniors in high school and we're doing book reports and these things. But I loved, you know, shout out to Miss England. You were a great teacher. Those were fun book reports. Thanks, Miss England. Thanks, Miss England. (laughs) Filming that short little movie is how I learned about the books. And then my friend Michelle let me borrow them. And I literally read them nonstop for two days like instead of like participating in class or even paying attention i would take out my class book and then i would take out twilight and put it on top of my class book and just read throughout the entire period and i did that for two school days <laughs> and then the next two days i did new moon and then i was like great i read uh, everything so far
1: oh my god <laughs> and honestly you probably got more done in those four days than you ever did in school so
0: i mean truth <laughs> uh <laughs> so that was 2007 And in July of 2007, the third book, Eclipse, came out, and with Michelle and some other people from her library, we went to St. Louis, where I went to a book signing and reading by Stephanie Meyer for the third book. Oh, wow.
1: I mean, that's pretty cool.
0: Right? But Liz and Alec, what are your backgrounds with Twilight?
1: Well, so I read all the books when I was younger in high school. Um, I I was pretty late to the party, though. I remember like everyone being really obsessed with Twilight. And I was like, "Mm, this is not my jam. I'm not going to do this. Whatever. (laughs) I'm too cool for this. It sounds stupid. I don't I don't even remember why I decided to read them, but I ended up reading them. And the thing is, is that I remember when I was reading, I found the writing of the book to be annoying but i still read all of them because i was interested (laughs) enough in the story i guess i was really into like buffy and vampires and stuff like that so i think i was like well okay i like the story that's going on and i think maybe i had seen the movie at that point i think maybe i the first twilight movie had come out and like so i and i really liked the movie i remember being obsessed with jasper (laughs) which is like really weird. I got like a colon bracelet that like they made from the movie. It was like a leather cuff that had like this giant silver medallion (laughs) on it. And like I wore that fucking thing in the world. Like it was cute and it was not. It was ugly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I can only Uh, imagine it was ugly. (laughs) Liz, I can never get over just like how little you cared about like other people's perceptions of anything because i would never wear anything like that because i'd be like i don't want people to think i'm a nerd (laughs) and you're over here like big old leather (laughs) ready to go (laughs) what about you alec uh i have absolutely no history with this franchise whatsoever like i knew it existed um and we'll talk a little bit more about this whole polarization of it uh combination with some other pop culture things that were happening at the time I instill- I had no reason to believe either way, but I definitely thought it was like bad literature, it wasn't good, it was for, you know, emo girls, and I never read any of the books, I never I never saw any of the movies. Um so yeah, this was my first foray into the Twilight universe.
1: Have you still never seen the movies?
0: Never. We have to have a movie night. <laughs> oh god. A little bit of like the background on Twilight. Very brief, I promise. Um, So it's written by Stephanie Meyer, as most of us know. Uh, The idea actually came to her from a dream. And it was the meadow scene between Edward and Bella. She just dreamed this human girl and this vampire with like glittery skin. And he wanted to like suck her blood, but was in love with her. And she was in love with him, even knowing that he wanted to kill her. So she wrote that chapter as like a short story for herself and then liked the characters. So then she decided to write some backstory for it. And then wanted to like finish off the story. And then by the time she was done with this fun little project, she's like, oh, I have like 130,000 uh, page novel. So 130,000 page novel. Oh, word, 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 word. <laughs> I was like, like, that's like, not how oh, many what? I read, <laughs> but damn, she really had to cut back. Did y'all not realize Predator this was like, was a big holy shit. <laughs> <song>? <laughs> yeah. Um, originally, the book was supposed to be called Forks. And then the publisher was like, uh, no, thank you, Nothing ma'am. Nothing sexier than a that. book called Forks. Right? So then she had a passage about Twilight in the actual book. So she's like, we'll go with that story instead. Sounds great. Um, She sent it to 15 literary agents. And most of them said, no, thank you. A lot of them said absolutely nothing. But one said yes. And that one that said yes was due to an error, which I think is really funny. Oh. Uh, The literary agent's assistant put it on their desk, even though for YA novels they only did like... Forty to 50,000 word novels for YA, mm-hmm. and hers was much larger than that. Mm-hmm. So the literary agent like read it and was like, oh, I like this, but it wasn't even supposed to be on their desk from what they normally looked at. So I thought that was kind of neat. Like, it's all happenstance. Yeah. I think it's also interesting that it was on the American Library Association's top 10 list of most frequently challenged books in 2010 due to it containing religious viewpoints and violence. Oh,
1: so wait, were they saying the book had religious viewpoints or because of their religious viewpoints, they didn't like the book?
0: I think both.
1: Okay, because I know that it, it has like the Christian undertone because she like waits till she gets married to have sex or whatever. But like, it is like 100% not punched in. Like, I don't think that no. they talk about God that much at all. Like, it's not like something that I'm is assuming obvious. Some people
0: were like, oh, she's a Mormon. She wrote this from like a Mormon viewpoint. So Mm -hmm. we don't want our kids reading it and then vice versa of people being like, we're super religious and we don't want our kids to read books about falling in love with literal demons. So I'm sure it had, I'm sure it had it from both sides knowing America. Uh, (laughs) Twilight was released October 5th, 2005. It's published by Little Brown and Company. Um, It debuted at number five on the New York Times bestseller list its first week. And then it eventually became number one a few weeks after that. It was the best-selling book of 2008 and the second best in 2009, right behind its sequel of New Moon.
1: I mean, get it, girl. Honestly, if you can write trash novels and make a frick ton of money, I'm into it.
0: (laughs) I'm here for it. Like, the hustle, the game, she did it. Well, and I was reading, too, because when uh, she optioned it off for different publishers, Little Brown originally wanted to pay, like, $300,000 for the book deal. Mm -hmm. And she was like, I want a million. (laughs) and so they're like how about 750 but you we're gonna sign you on for a three book deal and she's like sounds good so i was just like look at you like right yeah. up the gate being like i need more money for yeah. my teen romance and girl was right yeah i can't it. <laughs> well, well, yeah because
1: like this is i mean this is everybody that life. passed on that book has had to be like ah would they like <laughs> <laughs> what did i do <laughs> yeah
0: uh, oh great Which, speaking on people passing on the book, and kind of what Alec touched on, this book, it was so wildly popular and so widely hated at the exact same time. Mm -hmm. This was something written as a YA novel for girls. Right. And... Our society hates teenage girls as we've kind of. Yeah, talked our society about, just hates past. women in general. No, I did. <laughs> yeah. Like, I had this like vivid memory of walking through a Hastings in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, and there being like a display of Twilight books, and also like looking to the music section and seeing like Katy Perry's first album and being like, God, girls are the worst. Like, blah. <laughs> like, I mean, just all those things that pertain that was really targeted at teenage women. And like, I just think it's a super toxic masculine uh point of view that was going through i mean it's always been around and it still is around but it felt especially strong in the mid 2000s you know like so yeah i this definitely got thrown into that for me and i i have a a lot of regrets into buying into the ideals i was fed but you know what can you do
1: well and i think like for me because I was late to the game, like late to the fandom of Twilight. And part of that was because I knew people hated it. I was like, well, I, I'm better than that. Like, I'm not yeah. like those other girls. I'm not like, I'm. Unique. Okay, Taylor Swift. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, but. Okay,
0: Bella Swan. <laughs> I think.
1: Ugh. Uh, but I think that there was. It, yeah, it was a really weird thing that it was such a huge phenomenon to. You had to be on one side or the other. It felt like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just think that I was like put off from it for so long because I loved Harry Potter and I remember people being like oh if you love Harry Potter you'll love Twilight which I don't totally agree with as far as like the
0: I feel like it was the opposite everyone was always like oh if you like Harry Potter then you can't like Twilight because one's better than the other and it's like oh okay
1: I mean because I went to an all-girls school so I think that definitely like played a different part into sure. my like yeah surrounding of this book but like I would joke with my mom, like, I grew up as a tomboy, you know, like, I was very, like, masculine. Like, there was a lot of things I liked that were more masculine, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I think anything that was considered really girly, I was not, I immediately was averse to. Like, I was like, oh, that's not me. I don't like girly stuff, you know? And so I think this book came out and it was like, oh, this is the girl's Harry Potter. As stupid as that yeah. sounds, but like,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, totally. That's how it was viewed, even though yeah. literally, like, these Harry Potter and Twilight. Could not be farther away from each other. Besides the fact that there's like fantasy characters. Yeah. That's honestly it. Mm
1: -hmm. That's the only
0: way that they tie together. Uh, I do say like it's interesting. Harry Potter. We were roughly the same age as that character in growing up. And then I was kind of the same age as like Bella Swan was in the books too. So it was strange that there were two YA fantasy books at the exact same time. I was the same age as the characters. Yeah. And I feel like. Y A kids books before were really much like very childish. Even though I'm about to like shit all over Twilight, I do think that it's really cool to grow up in a time that we had literature targeted at like teenagers for fantasy and like growing what the idea of what Y A actually is. Well, I also well, think, think Wyatt... Y really A wasn't really. Yeah, I don't think it was really a thing before our like the 2000s. Like, yeah, it there was, was like kids some... books and adult.
1: exactly yeah Yeah. mean
0: there were like a few outliers in there but yeah it didn't really pick up until the 2000s Mm -hmm. or like maybe the late 90s but
1: freaking YA is huge oh exactly and it's like i mean i still read tons of YA books but like and i think that YA because okay i i obviously don't think twilight is a well-written book i don't think it's that good of a story i don't really love it uh i you know whatever but I think YA books in general, like there are a lot of really quality stories that are YA that I think any age can enjoy. But I shout out to YA because like I fight with my husband sometimes because he's always like, Ugh, I hate YA books. I don't like reading YA books. <laughs> and I'm like, whatever. Oh, you're so fancy well, that you read Stephen King. So original. Ugh. Yo,
0: Stephen like, King slaps, but that it, it's not one or the other. You can like Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> well, and I think too, like because we had Twilight to me, is also why we had like and this is also a very divisive series but like like the hunger games why it was so no. huge too i think was because i uh, thought you were gonna no, say no i'm not something gonna 50 shades of gray i know <laughs> <laughs> we're not gonna touch it no but i just think of like and then we had all these like obviously like copycats of post-apocalyptic why yeah, i but then there's a lot that, of yeah. interesting stuff that kind of came out of it. it love or hate twilight i think it did so much for YA novels in general and really change and shape the idea of what we viewed as child literature. I again, I'll say like, I didn't love this story, but also knowing where it goes. I don't love those stories either. <laughs> but I like some of the world building that's absolutely everything about these <laughs> books. Well, <laughs> like, I like vampires with superpowers. I think that's actually really cool. I like the super secret society of the Volturi that happens later on. Like there's stuff that I do like from these franchises that I think are interesting. I just don't like the central characters. That's well, yeah, story. that's I don't the like their story. It's like
1: I personally like I would much rather read a Jasper Alice book than a Bella Edward book. Alice you know is I mean? my girl. I love yeah, Alice. I <laughs> yeah, I love them. They're great. So I mean, there's definitely fun stuff about the universe, and I think that Stephanie Meyer definitely had some good ideas. I just think that her writing style is very juvenile, feeling like yeah, and it's like
0: half baked. I mean, well, let's. Let's jump into the plot from here, because I think it's great. The very beginning starts with a thing I kind of hate when books do, where we jump in towards the very end of the book, whenever a major, like, event's going on and Bella's being attacked by some monster. And she's like, I'm prepared to die. I mean, this should have just started, like, a teen, like, rom-com where it shows some crazy thing. And it's like, I bet you're wondering how I got here. (laughs) Well, I mean, I, I get under, like, I understand the idea of wanting to build the suspense like maybe Edward is going to try and kill her. Yeah. But yeah.
1: I feel like that becomes very obviously not what's going to happen. Like, exactly. very quickly. Like, I think you know from the get-go that he's not going to do that.
0: Yeah. So I think it was a way of her to, like, build suspense that this might happen. Although, it it the rest of the book doesn't read that way at all. Yeah. I forgot the preface happened until I, like...
1: I yeah, forgot it happened until you just told me. I that. know. <laughs> exactly. Until I was writing the
0: summary, I was like, oh, yeah, they did do this. But... Uh. So then the first chapter starts and Bella is moving to Forks, Washington. She currently lives with her mom and her mom's new husband in Arizona. But her mom wants to go traveling with her new husband. And Bella's like, I'll give you the space you need so you can like figure out your marriage or whatnot.
1: Which is very mature.
0: Yeah. Well, that's here's kind of my thing is with Bella, a lot of the book, everyone says how mature and how adult she is. But the writing and the idea that we get to see, like, inside of her head, because she's also the narrator of the story, it feels like what a 17-year-old thinks an adult is. Mm. Mm -hmm. Because in this first chapter, being like, yeah, my mom needs to, like, be with her husband, I guess, so I'm going to, like, live in this stupid town with my, like, weird-ass father. And you meet Charlie, and Charlie's fine. Yeah, Charlie's super sweet. I know. Other than the fact that he's a cop, but, like. (laughs) He does all this stuff for her, and she's like, ugh, I hate. Charlie and I hate forks. I used to go there every summer and then uh, for two weeks. And then I told him I hated it there. So I forced him to go somewhere else. And I was like, You only get two weeks a year with your father and you shit on him for that entire time. Like your mom's the one that left your dad. It wasn't the other way around. Your dad had a job and a life in a town and your mom left him. And you blame your dad for this? I don't know. I'm not a fan.
1: (laughs) With her story with the dad, it's like because he wasn't doing enough to be part of a family or something right that's why like the mom well they never really i guess explain why the mom leaves and that she leaves but i mean like they kind of show that the mom didn't want to get stuck in like this situation or whatever
0: what i read is that she just yeah she didn't want to live in a small town but i'm like that's not yeah. charlie's fault you you yeah. married him like but also yeah. like bella spent almost her whole life except for those two weeks a year with her mom so like obviously she's Like as a kid, you're either going to be like, oh, I hate my mom because I'm with them all the time and they don't get me or like I'm completely attached to my mom because I'm with them all the time. So obviously she chose that path. Yeah. Yeah. But I just hate the idea of being like, I'm so mature. But then when she hangs out or like has to go see your dad, you can tell she 100% imprints her mom's ideals of her dad onto him. Where I'm like, if you're so mature, like mature, you should be able to suss out like. So, I mean, isn't that what 17-year-olds are like, though? Aren't they like, oh, I'm making these choices because I think I'm so mature. Like, I'm such a good adult because I chose to go be with my father to let my mom have her time. But also, I'm not that mature because I'm a mess. That's that's why it kills me in the books because I'm like, she's not mature. But everyone tells her she is. Everyone says that she's so mature for her age. And I'm like, no, you're 17 and you act like a 17-year-old. And it, I don't know. It comes off to me even that Stephanie Meyer is like, look how mature she is for her age. And I'm like... (laughs) She seems like a petulant brat in this first chapter going to see Charlie and like having to tell herself that like him buying her a car is a nice thing. And she's like, he did it for me. It's nice. I guess I should be I should appreciate it. And I'm like, "Okay, Right. And then she loves the car later on where I'm like, it irritates me. She irritates me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I'll agree with that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, kind of like I said, Bella moves there. Charlie gives her a car. And Charlie seems nice. He doesn't cook. She decides that she's going to cook for him. Great. Cool. Moving on. <laughs> uh, Bella has her first day of school where we get to meet a cast of characters that are essentially irrelevant to the plot. I was going to say, I uh, toward the end where they're like, oh, so-and-so was here in this scene. And I was like, who was that again? I do not remember any of these yeah. people. <laughs> yeah. There's Mike, who is the cool guy that likes her. There's Eric, who's the nerdy guy that likes her. There's Jessica, who likes Mike. But Jessica also likes bella because apparently all you have to do to be the most popular girl in a small town is to show up late to the game coming from a person who went to a high school in a fairly small town that's usually that wasn't the case in my small town i feel like okay, new people were always a little ostracized unless they did something crazy in their first week there but which she didn't know. everyone no. is like obsessed with that bella she's like when tapioca she pudding she just like rolled in with her pasty lumpy she's self, very boring and, yeah uh, i don't yeah. i think
1: it's interesting because i mean to be fair it's realistic that she hates herself so much because teenage girls are basically trained to hate themselves and think that they're ugly but i also hate how self-deprecating she is and like all the time she talks about how she's like ugly and like not this or not that or whatever it's really annoying in the book to hear and i don't know that like it needed to be in a book geared towards teenage girls because then i feel like it probably just feeds that circle but you know that's a whole nother thing i mean she clearly is a very boring person anyways like It is just wild reading the story when everyone's looking at her and everyone's like, oh my God, look at this new girl. Oh my God. And like all the boys want to ask her out and like, I don't know, know. it's just whatever.
0: And maybe to me, it's a little bit like, it's even more jarring right now because I started a rewatch of Gilmore Girls and -hmm. just reading this, I was like, they really want Bella to be like Rory is in that Mm -hmm. show where it's like, she's very mature. She's very smart. Like she would rather spend her Saturday at home doing laundry than going out to a beach with her friends but she like is it rory like sometimes. famously a mess though later well, on, she yeah. becomes Le- oh, okay, a whole, okay, okay, okay.
1: that's a whole nother this issue. is high
0: school rory high school This week's fine. episode <laughs> of generation why <laughs> we like this we'll get into it at some point so anyway they meet a whole bunch of people and again they they're there for like background noise essentially but they mm-hmm. don't yeah. really do anything in this plot can i say that my Honestly, my favorite parts of this book were like her getting to this new town and like starting school. Like I thought that Stephanie Meyer actually did a decent job of like building the the normal world, like the yeah. her at home, her going to school, because it's sort of like the same thing with my favorite parts of Harry Potter. Like I get that JK Rowling a problematic person, but like the books are yes. great trans rights yes the best parts of the books for me were just like them going about their normal daily lives at school and stuff and just yeah. these relationships that built and i i enjoyed that first you know couple mm-hmm. chapters before we actually get to the the bella and edward of it all but um i thought those were well done then the story changes completely yeah. yeah 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 which like i mean i also like jessica who has a crush on mike and mike is in love with bella and bella's like i don't like mike and like that kind of dynamic was fun to see. And then we have mm-hmm. Lauren who hates Bella already because the guy that Lauren likes also likes Bella. And so it's just weird to see how she disrupts this norm and then tries to fix it. But also it feels like it should have been its own story with these characters. Yeah. But we just kind of ditched them halfway through. So it's like, why did I learn about all these people if they played no part really overall in what's going on? So at the first day of school too, she goes to biology class, which is where she first meets Edward. Edward and he gives her a death glare and won't talk to her and she's like oh this is uncomfortable uh and that's their first which movie. i know
1: we're not talking about the movie but <laughs> are we gonna talk like... about the
0: infamous the, <laughs> the, the oh <laughs> my god
1: this scene in the movie is so quality
0: <laughs> yeah i've only seen like the gifts from it so well it's worse too because in the book She doesn't walk in front of a fan. She doesn't have anything weird that happens to her. But in the movie, they're like, how do we show that she smells? (laughs) She needs to walk in front of a fan. And it needs to have mylar strips on it so you know she smells. (laughs) Ridiculous. It's so bad. I will say the worst lines in the movie are not in the book. I will give Stephanie much credit to say, like, the worst parts of the movie are completely different in the book or they do not exist. Hmm. Yeah. So from there, she goes home. She talks to Charlie. And she asked Charlie about the Colons, because she saw them that day. And they're all pretty and gorgeous and there. Uh, They just Just stand out from the rest of the group. Just like us. Um, They seem very rich. And she's like, I don't care about that, but I secretly care about that. Mm. Um, Charlie's like, the colons are great. There's Carlisle and he has his adopted children. He's married to a woman named Esme. And then he's also like, Carlisle's a doctor and he's really hot. And Charlie just goes on about how hot... (laughs) carlisle is for a bit and it's my favorite part of the book oh i didn't yeah i didn't like pick up on that but now i'm into it yeah i need to see that slash pic yeah because she's like oh yeah the colons and she's like edward he i guess they're kind of cute i guess he's like yeah well you should see carlisle (laughs) and it just made me laugh so much i was like okay get it charlie bisexual rights i see it i see you i love it so then she goes to school next day edward disappears and he's gone for like a week and then he shows up and he's like kind of nice to her, but kind of nags her at the same time, which is weird. And his eyes are also brown. His, yeah. Well, Topaz. They used to be Onyx. And then he comes back in their Topaz, her new mm-hmm. favorite jewel. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I love it. So he comes back. He's kind of nice to her. And then one fateful day, Bella's trying to get into her car after school and this kid slits on some ice and almost crushes her. And out of nowhere, Edward comes in, stops the car from hitting her with his brute force, though she still hits her head. And she's like, Oh my God, how did you go over here? And he's like, I was always here. You have a concussion. You have no idea what just happened. <laughs> gaslighting. <She's, yeah. laughs> Exhibit <at> A. <laughs> she's like, Are you gaslighting me? And he's like, You have a concussion. And she's like, Okay, all right.
1: I hate that like part of bella's personality is she's so clumsy like it's so annoying oh yeah. it gets so bad in this whole book just like how she talks about it how she talks about herself how everyone else talks about it like nobody talks about how someone's clumsy this much like
0: mm-hmm. yeah. ever well like she can't even participate in gym class because every time she tries to do something someone gets hurt yeah I did like it in the movie. They're like walking through a greenhouse and she just trips over nothing and falls. And I was like, well, there you go. Oh, Bella. Kristen Stewart deserves better.
1: I know she does.
0: I will say too, speaking of the movie, um, Bella doesn't gasp as much in the book as she does in the movie, (laughs) which I will forever say I don't know the facts, but I will say those are directorial choices and those are not Kristen Stewart. Those were just the worst takes they had and they're like, that's going in the movie. Yeah, I mean, I don't know Chris. Not that this is a thing that we need to talk about like i don't know kristen stewart's whole like movie catalog but i've never known her to be like a gasper in movies so no i it has to be the movie because they literally took two people that actually are good actors and other things and they made them look like the worst actors that have ever been
1: well i think also part of that is because both of them didn't like this project and are doing it for the money (laughs) like it's a job do it yeah Yeah, oh yeah
0: totally but even like choices like yeah uh, bad choices <laughs> anyway edward saves her life there's some gaslighting it's super fun bella won't let it go uh you find out a school dance is coming up it's like a sadie hawkins style thing but guys want to ask bella to it and she keeps something like aren't the girls supposed to ask and they're like yeah but you should ask me and she's like no <laughs> Which I liked. I'm going out of town. (laughs) (laughs) I know. She makes an excuse to go to Seattle that day so she doesn't have to go to the dance. And I was like, mood. Okay, I like this part. Edward skips class one day and they're doing like blood experiments and whatnot in class. That sounds way worse. They're they're (laughs) They're cutting people open. (laughs) (laughs) They're doing blood typing like in class. Uh, Was this a thing anyone else did in high school? I never knew that people did this in high school. I feel like we did. I would have lost my shit if my professor or my teacher was like, "Here's a thing: prick your finger with it and squeeze your blood out." I would have puked. I feel like not everyone had to do it, but I feel like there was something where we had like a lance, we like everything was like sealed, and we got to like do it. Anyway, you find out Bella's like faints around blood. She has blood issues.
1: Yeah, she's clumsy. She can't handle being around blood. (laughs) Yeah,
0: classic. And so then Edward. Helps her to the nurse later on. And they're talking. And this is where I have some quotes. And let's see if they're still as funny as I thought. Again, they barely talked. And this is Bella thinking about Edward. And she says, I can't allow him to have this level of influence over me. It was pathetic. More than pathetic. It was unhealthy. And she's correct. And she never has this much insight about herself ever again. Yeah, they go from like zero to... Over a hundred, very quickly, and it's, that's that's where I lost interest in the book, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, th- yeah, that's literally like they've been talking for like maybe a week, normally, and not even like in depth, but like, yeah. How's your day? Oh, the weather's interesting, isn't it? And then she's like, "I'm in love with him." And then at the same time, he put or he said, "Aren't you hungry?" And she said, "No, I didn't feel like mentioning that my stomach was already full of butterflies." <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to die <laughs> uh okay Asia O'Hara like, I was just like no uh, then he says you don't seem 17 and she said my mom says I was born 35 years old and that I get more middle aged every year that's what I want in a teenage girl is someone who's getting more middle aged every year you no.
1: well when you're I like feel hundreds like... of years old then yeah you probably do want that
0: well, and that's the thing. I feel like this is maybe Stephanie Meyer trying to like step around the idea that he's a hundred years old, but she's being like, "But Bella's mature for her age, so it's fine." And it's like, "No, don't call me by your name. Come on, no." And even that's gross. Yeah. Okay. Especially because Army Hammer is a weirdo. We can't get into it. Speaking <laughs> of vampires. <laughs> speaking of vampires. Oh, yes, we brought it all back. We did. So they have their moment. They talk. They awkwardly literally fall in lust with each other within seconds then bella with some people they go to a beach which go to the beach
1: (laughs) which edward can't go to
0: but then jacob who is from a local native american tribe uh who grew up with bella shows up and bella's like i'm gonna flirt some information out of him i guess (laughs) and finds out that there is
1: get it girl honestly right
0: (laughs) if if you got it flaunt Flaunt it it. well i think the (laughs)
1: interesting thing is like when i was reading this i was shocked by how unimportant jacob is in this book i mean yeah Yeah, i thought
0: that whole drama started in this book but like No, no it
1: doesn't he's just like a very simple plot device in this book
0: i will say though like i like jacob his character makes sense to me he seems very sweet and very he nice seems like a nice boy Play. yeah and yeah. even knowing that like bella's with edward he seems to have like those boundaries and understand that like i can have a crush on bella but she's not mine she's not something i need to like overstep my bounds to be like back up buddy yeah also there's like something cringe books. about like obviously there's something cringe about edward and bella being a thing because of the age difference but also like there seems like in my head there's like a big age difference between 17 which Bella is and like 15 which yeah. Jacob is because 15 I just I was a fucking idiot at 15 I mean I was at 17 <laughs> right? too but like those feel like very different ages in my head yeah well which is what I like because Bella's also like he seems like a little brother to me he's yeah. like mm-hmm. I don't actually view him anything like that but I know he views me romantically but that's fine he's a good friend I don't care Yeah. which I was like that's a mature thing to me to be like yeah. he's a good friend and we'll That'll be a future problem. Anyway, so she's on the beach. She talks to Jacob. He tells her about the lure of the cold ones, cracking up on a cold one with the boys. <laughs> Let's hear it for the boys. <laughs> and essentially, it's again this tribe saying that they like descended from wolves. They're shape shifters, and they hate these creatures that are essentially vampires, and they're there to, to kill them. And then Bella's like, "Oh, I wonder if that's Edward." <laughs> it is. I guess we'll uh, never know. <laughs> we'll find out. Well, then shortly she does, because she goes on a shopping trip with Jessica and a friend. I can't remember their name. It's the one
1: with the glasses.
0: <laughs> the The smart one that Bella actually seems to like and gives her bad advice on random shit. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bella's like, I want to go find this bookstore. And she walks to it and realizes it's not a bookstore. And she's like, oh, well, I'll just keep on walking till I find um, one. I it guess. is a bookstore, but it's like a hippie bookstore. And I... I'm vaguely interested in it like it sounds like a bookstore from (laughs) The Craft which sign me up let's go it was the bookstore from The Craft it's a crossover good (laughs) yeah so she keeps on walking and then guys start following her they try to attack her and then Edward miraculously shows up in his car and then they drive off
1: it's so boring I hate it I well no it's not boring it's like annoying i hate how much of a helpless being bella is in this book that's i think oh, that's yeah. what it is it's like because she's clumsy and all that stuff and then she's so helpless it just makes no sense to me that edward falls in love with her so quickly and not that it really makes sense that she falls in love with edward so quickly but to be fair he's also a vampire and like he says that like he basically has the ability to lure people in and like i feel like that's a little bit more believable his s- extreme attraction to her as like a human as a, a her personality. Cause that's basically what saves her life is that her personality is more interesting to Edward than him eating her. But it's, I don't understand. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I like, honestly rereading this too. I was like, Oh, neither of them actually love each other. Cause they don't know anything about each other. They right. literally yeah. know nothing about each other. Um, yeah. even when they ask each other a shit ton of questions, they're very like surface questions. And I was like, knowing where someone grew up doesn't mean you know who they are i'm knowing sorry like bella's like i'm that. gonna ask you edward what's your name and he's like edward and he's like i get to ask you anything i want for an entire week and you can't say anything it's like wait that's <laughs> right. not how this works Yeah. <laughs> what so, the fuck? Well, speaking of they he's driving her home and then yeah they play this game where they just ask each other any question they want but edward also evades any question he doesn't want to answer after saying he's going to answer these questions so, so it's stupid and she essentially is like, my theory is that you're a vampire because you're super strong. You don't go out in the sunlight. And he's like, a ding, ding, ding. Uh, yeah. Ring, a ding, ding. Ring, a ding, ding. I'm a vampire. You should be scared of me. And she's like, I can't. I love you. Um, And he's like, great. Sounds good. I like this. <laughs> <laughs> it. I don't know. I'll never, I just I can't make heads or tails of it because it seems like he loves her because he can't hear her thoughts. And that's intriguing to him. Mm -hmm. And she smells good. And then she loves him because he's beautiful and is literally built to be attractive to people. But there's nothing there.
1: I guess it is kind of... I do see the appeal of the literally only person that you can't hear their thoughts probably being a better partner than most other people. Because if you could hear your partner's thoughts, that would be very problematic. But it still is... I mean, it's such a stupid coincidence. Like, when you're reading the book, you're just like, really? Really?
0: Wait, crazy theory. Maybe there's just not much going on up there. Maybe that's why he can't read her brain. It could be. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I mean, all that's going on after she meets Edward is I want to bone him like crazy. That's it. She's just pure thirst incarnate. Yeah. Uh, Which, speaking of, (laughs) here goes to one of the most iconic lines from the book. After Bella has this car ride and she goes home, she thinks to herself, about three things I was absolutely positive. First, Edward was a vampire. Second, there was a part of him, and I don't know how potent that part might be, that thirsted for my blood. And third, I was unconditionally and irrevocably in love with him. And I just hate it (laughs) so (laughs) much. I just... I, like, I, for some reason, thought that that part happened later. But this is like, you went on a first date with someone.
1: Not even. Then, yeah, like... like,
0: he swept her off of the ground and was like, all right. Yeah. Well, they at least had dinner and a whole car yeah. ride home. That's why I'm saying, like, true, at least a first date. Okay. And then going home. And on this first date, too, I think, or maybe later. No, it's after she meets the family. But, which is a week later. That she's like, could we get married? And I'm just like, this is ludicrous
1: okay it's i mean overall i just think it's not the most like positive book for teenage girls to read obviously because Mm -hmm. it has this very weird message of like yes you should be with someone that could literally murder you at any minute and that's yeah
0: yeah yeah. and
1: it's like and he is constantly like uh you shouldn't be with me and you should leave and also you should tell your dad that we're together so that if i murder you that he knows that it was me Because then maybe I'll be scared to murder you. Like it's so messed up. Like I get it. It's a vampire. I get it. I mean, because I mean, obviously I'm over here and I'm a huge Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan, and obviously Buffy also dates a vampire in high school who's way too old for her. But I also hate Angel, so it's fine. Um,
0: But even with that, like their power dynamics, like she was on par with Angel, not age wise. Yeah, but power wise, wise, but power wise. Whereas this one is literally like Bella kind of saying before she has no agency and that's why it's also weird to mention that like vampires are there to lure people in with their looks and their smell and everything because it's like so does she does she even actually like him or is this literally someone who's just like forced to be in love with someone else because she kind of set up the story to be this way yeah she doesn't talk about his personality like ever she just talks Mm -hmm. about his looks and you she's know, like Crooked
1: smile. I remember that being yeah. the thing that drove me nuts when I read this when I was in high school. I was like, if they say crooked smile one more time, one more, <laughs> more <like> time, <laughs> one more
0: time, <laughs> no one can see this. But Casey and I are making crooked <laughs> smiles at <with> the camera. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty fun.
1: That's my biggest beef with this book is that when you read it now, it's like, oh, this is damaging, like, this is potentially yeah, very damaging it's dangerous. because yeah. it's a very, very gross twisted relationship i mean obviously you brought up gaslighting too i mean it's like every red flag possible is so romanticized in this book and it's really gross and there are like some positive relationships in this book like i think like carlisle and esme are like a good relationship i think that you know i mean i guess they're like the main one that i think of off the top of my head i guess jasper and alice also but like That's almost a little weird because Jasper needs Alice so bad that it's not good either. Like they're very codependent. Like there's just some weird, there's just a lot of very unhealthy relationship vibes in this story. And it just
0: bugs me. It's not a romantic relationship, but even like Alice and Edward, because they both have these supernatural powers. Yeah, yeah, the way they work off of each other and the way that they talk to each other is very much not like a power struggle but actually makes sense in a dynamic Mm -hmm. that we don't get to see with a lot of other people in the story because yeah there's a lot of weird power dynamics and struggles at play and like speaking of which makes things even worse for Edward is that we find out since he can read minds that he eavesdrops on all of Bedward all all of Bedwards all of Bella's conversations through other people she's talking to so even though he can't read Bella's mind he knows everything Like, he says that Jessica's going to ask her if um, Bella's secretly dating Edward. And he's like, I'm really excited to hear your answer through Jessica's brain. And it's just, like, weird. And you find out that he's been sneaking into Bella's bedroom every night to watch her sleep. I know. And the only reason she's upset about it isn't because he's invading her privacy, but because she's worried about what she might say in her sleep and how embarrassing that could be for her. And it's just ick yeah Yeah. yikes Yikes! yikes. him being nice at the beginning of the book too was literally him nagging her like him being antagonistic and -hmm. like he might as well have just like spit on her and been like there you go let's start dating and she's like sure sounds great dehumanize me I guess that's my character it's weird and I hate it and I understand why Fifty Shades of Grey was written (laughs) yep I'll just say it Um, I'll probably pull that out because I didn't want to say spit on her and then I did and then I just went with it (laughs) (laughs) but it's it's a weird power dynamic i don't like it and he abuses all of his skills he possibly can to like keep bella in check is how it feels i don't like it. yeah i also don't get this part he's like people can't see me in the sunlight because they'll know that i'm a monster and i'm ugly and disgusting in the sunlight so let's make a day about going to this meadow so you can see me in the sunlight and she's like but also
1: he's like beautiful in the sunlight so i don't understand it's
0: I feel like sparkle. it would be more
1: like I think I feel like it would be more like it's very obvious that I'm not yeah. human like when there'd I'm be in something the sun, yeah. Right? Not that I'm disgusting and I'm in a monster. I feel like most people would be like, Whoa, that ain't right and like also the mechanics of that is so stupid and I just can't even because I'm like, Yeah, okay, forks might be cloudy all the time, but like you're telling me there's not like the sun can't randomly peek through the clouds and like right. you'd be suddenly like also, I'm they dodge. Like,
0: it. <laughs> just move to like New York City like if I saw someone walking down the road completely bedazzled I'd be like whatever like it's just another day in the city like no one asks questions here like we don't give I was a thinking that I was like someone nowadays would be like wow what's your highlighter I really yeah. love that that's so good <laughs> so he's like hey come meet my family and <laughs> what when... this is all the same day by the way this like the... um he <laughs> he says Bella's outfit's Beautiful. And it's me. I have to talk about an outfit. Because what is this? So she's wearing a long khaki colored skirt, a dark blue blouse, and decides that she can't do anything with her hair, so she puts it back in a ponytail. And she walks down the stairs and Edward's like, You're beautiful to me and I was like, What middle schooler dressed you wear You're now? You're so Mormon long to me. So to me. Oh. Right. I was she's like, I'll just wear something casual, not jeans, my long khaki colored skirt the only skirt i own uh, to be fair saying,
1: edward like uh, when they describe some of his outfits he's wearing like a cream colored turtleneck and a khaki jacket or something at one point i'm like what is this <laughs> i don't
0: know but also like someone who's been alive for a hundred years now like all the interesting fashion they've seen on people and then be like mm, that khaki skirt and that blue blouse with your hair and a ponytail that really drives me crazy Well, And when they describe all of the Colons fashion, it's like everything is designer fashion. It came straight from like the Milan and Paris runways. Uh, And like, I understand it's supposed to be him in love with her, but it once again felt like this is fan fiction a middle schooler wrote, but somehow it's in this actual published novel. You couldn't figure anything else out. Whatever. I'm angry at this. (laughs) I'm more angry at this apparently than other parts. So then he... (sighs) introduces her to the family and by the family we mean carlisle Esme, alice and jasper and then right away they're like there's a piano in the living room and edward starts playing and then bella looks around and everyone's gone i was like wow what a great meeting of the family that was
1: because they they knew that they needed alone time casey i think they
0: just thought she was stinky also so they were like bye Yeah, then they decide that they're going to go play baseball. Because... In a rainstorm. Because <laughs> vampires love baseball. It's the American pastime. And <laughs> this is the most important game of baseball in any franchise ever. More important than like a sports <laughs> franchise about baseball. Because the events of this baseball game permeate the next three novels. <laughs> and it's so... Y'all, it's a baseball game. (laughs) I'm just going to have a break now for a minute. (laughs) Um, There's no crying in baseball, Casey. (laughs) Oh my god. So they play baseball, when it's the thunderstorm because it's so loud when they play. Who knows why things don't break, but it's fine, whatever. (laughs) Um, And then these three random vampires come. One of them, whose name is James, and he wants to kill Bella because she smells okay. Delectable.
1: Well, honestly, I think that he wants to kill Bella because Edward clearly likes Bella. I feel like it's less about Bella and it's more about...
0: Yeah. Well, and he explains it more later, but at the end of the day, it's like, okay, whatever. The group decides to run away to Arizona. And then James is like, Bella, I have your mom come meet me at your house and then a dance studio. And she's like, okay. And then she goes. And then James attacks her. And then she's passing out and he bites her arm. And then, while she's passing out, we don't get to see any of this action. Edward and the other vampires come. They kill James, and then she has vampire poison running through her body, so she might turn into a vampire. So Edward has to suck it out of her wrist.
1: Mm-hmm. Although
0: he doesn't give vampire poison when he does this, I don't know. I don't. Well, really I guess understand. he's not like biting into it. He's just like he's just extracting. Sucking. He's just the suck. Those are some good lungs right suck, there you suck. got. It's just sook. Um, so then she doesn't become a vampire. They tell people she fell down two flights of stairs and out of a window. Which <laughs> made me laugh so hard. I don't <laughs> think the nurse would be like, ma'am, are you okay? Like, do we need to get you to a safe place? Like, Yeah, is are this people? guy abusive? Is this an yeah. abusive
1: boyfriend because he won't leave you alone and he literally stays by I your guess side we also have to remember she's seven. from
0: Phoenix. I'm sure everyone in Phoenix knows how clumsy this white girl is. Like, oh my god. Bella Swan's reputation truly precedes her (laughs) Bella we thought you moved to Forks we thought we were past this (laughs) why are you here get out of our town oh so then they go back to Forks and then Edward takes Bella to the prom and she's like turning me into a vampire and he's like no and she's like okay, (laughs) end end of the book I guess i wait wait a second we have the whole like the setup to the prom where she just thinks they're going on a like a fancy date even though she's wearing a prom dress and she's like oh i thought we were just going out to dinner and i'm like oh my god bitch
1: i kind of felt like she thought that like he was gonna like marry her or something oh
0: yeah 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 yeah. yeah. she was like sort of thinking that but she yeah
1: yeah i thought she was like oh this is gonna be my vampire turning into a vampire ceremony where we get married in that dress no honey no I also hate that it's like, oh, you're really hurt and like tired and don't want to do anything, but I'm going to force you to go to this thing that you also don't really like, anyways. And you have you're a broken
0: leg. Let me take you to prom and do you do going to go to a, a little dance dance. dance. <laughs> the yeah, thing that you it's... said you'd never want to do.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. But okay, so the other thing is, I do want to also talk about just one other moment of their toxic relationship is like, so they can never be apart now and yeah. it's really effing annoying like when they were trying to do their plan of like how are they going to save Bella from this crazy vampire guy whatever and like they're just like oh my gosh I have to be away from you Edward uh, and then like she thinks she's never going to see him again because she's going to leave and I just I can't
0: codependency I can't. is not cute y'all I know yeah. it's and it's like extreme codependency Yeah. yes it's just weird too like you have this whole group of vampires one who can read minds and another one who can see the future and instead of being like, hey, this one singular vampire has my mom, can we maybe figure out a plan that will, like, not get her killed? And Alice is like, sure. That's literally what I can do. Right. I know. She's so stupid. I know. She's so She stupid. Is. Stupid. Maybe that's why we spend so much time setting up the fact that she's stupid and clumsy earlier in the book. Because maybe, maybe they just, maybe Stephanie Meyer wrote the end of the book first and was like, well, I gotta really figure out how to make sure she's stupid enough to do all this
1: well and the other thing is is that she talks about all the time like i am not worth this like they do not need to risk their lives for me like this is all my fault and i'm like it's literally not your fault like they made you go to the baseball game basically then they like their kind are the ones that want to kill you and the only reason they want to kill you is because they like you and like all this stuff and she's just so backwards like she just blames herself for literally everything. She's like, I would rather sacrifice my life. I'm 17 and haven't gotten to live 100 effing years than like all these people that have lived hundreds of years that clearly would be okay with probably sacrificing themselves because then that would mean a human could actually like live their whole life because like their whole mission in life is to protect humans because they would like have decided to be vegetarian, you know, vampire version of vegetarian.
0: I guess we never said that they don't drink human blood. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah, yeah, they just kill, whatever. Like, endangered bears. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Great.
1: There's plenty of humans. This, this is overpopulation. Right, come on. Yeah. It's better than-
0: she's, like, going to her death, too, and she's, like, not even sad she's gonna die. She's just like, well, at least I got to meet Edward first. And I was like, this is ridiculous. She's, like, less
1: scared about her life and more concerned about, this is gonna crush Edward. I'm yeah. more
0: upset at the fact that... So the way she, like, gets away from forks to go to phoenix is by basically saying the same hurtful things to her dad that her mom said when she left and i I was honestly just like really sad for the dad at that point instead of like i didn't care about anyone else i was like don't say that to your dad he's a nice guy i was sad twofold one that she said that to her dad and two that means that probably her mom had to tell that story enough that bella knew what (sighs) words her mom said when she left yeah that's true that's gross So I think did we cover why you're like this? Did we did we discover why you're so damaged, Casey? (laughs) I mean, okay. Here's the deal. I love trash. We'll get into more of it like later on in the podcast. I love teen dramas so much, but I I don't know what this period was. (laughs) I I cannot describe to you what this period of my life was like, except for maybe. No, I can't. So I don't know why I'm like this. I don't know what this has to do with anything. Uh, it was a moment in time. A moment like this. I don't know. I, I feel like I understand more about why you like trash pop culture <laughs> things. I mean, you live for the drama, but not, not even good drama, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, which I think is very endearing, but yes.
1: I would say this is partially why I, like, started to read more YA fantasy, which has led into a better part of my life.
0: I think Stephanie Meyer didn't deserve the shit she got just for creating this book in this world. But that said, it's still not a good book. It's still problematic and not greatly written. So I think there are worse things out there that have the same level of accolades as New Moon as um, as Twilight, but don't have as much hate towards them. mm -hmm. And it's it's definitely like people hated this because it was written by a woman for women. Yeah. And it's ridiculous. Yep. So before we wrap up the podcast, I'd like to let you know that we do have a visual companion to accompany this episode. You can find it on Twitter at Why Am I Like This, Instagram at Why Am I Like This Podcast, or Facebook under Generation Why Am I Like This fan page. If you'd like to reach out to us, we also have an email, which is why am I like this at gmail.com. And rate, review, subscribe, do all those things. I'm gonna keep it short this week. Many good things. I randomly got a wild hair at my ass uh last week and just Gross. <laughs> let me tell you about it. Uh <laughs> I just randomly felt like I wanted to watch The Amazing Race. And so in the last week and a half, Isaiah and I have like literally just binged two full seasons of The Amazing Race, which has been a delight. Um, I used to watch it a lot with my mom as a kid, and I think it really ignited that uh, travel bug in me. So they're just really fun. And I like seeing all the places they go. And some of the teams are really fun to watch. And some of the teams are really fun to hate. And it's on. Amazon Prime, I believe, and they might have some on Hulu as well.
1: My mini good thing is actually something a little different. I haven't really done this as a mini good thing before. I love board games, and recently, uh my husband and I got a game called Unmatched, and we got the Buffy one first. And basically the cool thing about the game is that so you're on a pretty generic board, you get little figures, you just basically battle each other and so you walk you go around the board every player has different abilities depending on who you're being um but the very cool thing is that you can add as many of these expansions as you want we purchased two other versions so we have one that's like the legends set and that has sinbad king arthur alice in wonderland and medusa in it and then blair also got the jurassic park set which has muldoon and the raptors in it. So we've literally played a game which is Willow from Buffy the Vampire Slayer versus the raptors, you know, like, I mean, it's <laughs> I wild, it. and it's so fun. I love it so much. And it's a really good two player game. I highly recommend this game. I'm obsessed with it.
0: So last week, I ran into some car problems. And uh, I was told it's going to be extremely expensive. And so I was sharing my bad news with some friends because I just needed an vent. And then they decided to, like, get a little collection for me, and they raised a little bit of money and sent it to my way to, like, help out with the car, which was very sweet and very heartwarming and is very helpful, especially right now during the pandemic. But then I also took my car in to get a quote, and it was half as much as they originally told me it was going to be. So, like, on both fronts, it was kind of a devastating news at first that turned to, like, a very nice, good thing, and I feel nice and supported, and I'm less stressed about my car in general so yeah that's it we love to hear it and that's our show so thank you for listening and tune in next week where liz will be walking us through bewitched
1: the album they're probably like i think it's their first album we'll talk about it yeah
0: the band not the show yes uh all right (laughs) bye Cool. bye everyone bye